0: Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by one of the few coaches that has the distinction of being able to coach at both U of M and MSU, Ty Gregerak. How are you doing today, Ty?
1: I'm good, partner. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course, of course. So I know a little bit of your background, of course, at the two Montana colleges, but what all have you done in coaching in your
1: career? Uh, well, so I didn't play my senior year at Colorado. I had nine surgeries five shoulders four knees and I actually played and started as a true freshman sophomore junior and then I was done I mean they were asking me to make tackles and you know shoulder braces and I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do it at, at the level that I needed to do it at and so I I hung them up and you know it was probably then like I didn't grow up in a coaching family my dad wasn't a coach my grandpa wasn't a coach lots of Lots of athletes and and you know huge huge uh, sports fans of all kind, but it was it was kind of that senior year and just the unfulfilling um, feeling that I had, and I started kind of reaching out to some of my uh, some of the guys that recruited me out of out of high school, and uh, it was my it was my head coach Rick Neuheisel at Colorado. I finished with Gary Barnett my my junior year, which was my last year. Um, but Coach New, who left after my sophomore year, we, we had just beaten uh, Oregon in the 1998 Aloha Bowl. Um, and he went to Washington and took a good chunk of that staff, including Bobby Hauk, uh, who, who recruited me out of out of Spokane, Washington. And he said, Greg what, what would you think about coming home? I was from Washington. Um, a lot of my family, my sister was a dang uh, pole vaulter at the time for the Huskies. And both my parents were Huskies. And, and I actually grew up a Husky. I grew up. I grew up loving the purple and gold and I just chose to go to the black and gold when it came time uh, to go to school and he said do, do, would you want to give this a shot and, and I said what do you think coach I mean do you think I'd, I'd do do a good job for you and he goes well I'll put it to you this way you'll find out in a hurry if you want to do this because we're going to work you like a dog and they did and I say that and it was like it was one of the best times of my life I mean it was um uh, a, a guy that I actually played against, uh, Dom Dasty, who's now the head coach at Eastside Catholic. We worked together a long time at um, Montana and then, and then went to UNLV together. He became my best friend. I mean, I was his best man at his wedding. And we, you know, we look back at it now and we're like, you know, we'd work till 11, 12 o'clock at night in the morning And then we'd go have some beers and, you know, rinse and repeat and do it again, you know, the crack of dawn the next morning. And, you know, you you can do that when you have a little more youth on your side. I mean, I was 22 years old. And then uh, sure enough, Bobby, Bobby got the job. Uh, We were playing Purdue in the Sun Bowl in 2002. We, Bobby had just gotten the job, uh, asked me if I'd come along. And of course, you know, when you're 23 at the time, you say yes to getting a, Opportunity like that, and uh, so I was at I was at Montana for seven years. Uh, left for UNLV, uh, ended up not staying at UNLV very long. Uh, I, that was 2010. Uh, I coached that season at Central Washington uh, under the head coach by the name of Blaine Bennett, who's now the head coach at Post Falls High School. One just a wonderful guy. His dad Shorty Bennett is kind of a legendary Washington high school coach. Um, and then Coach Flugrad. Uh, who, who did they lose? They, they lost, um, they lost a defensive coach. I just can't remember, not off the top of my head, but I, I came back to Montana for the 2011 season under coach flew. And we had, a, we actually had a really great season. People, people, Grizz fans will remember, but we came up about a touchdown short of going back to another national championship there in 11. And then, uh, you know, we kind of had the, 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 uh, it was a mess there for a while at Montana, and, and obviously you said you talked to Coach Delaney. Uh, Coach Delaney had retired, which I think he—I don't know if he was—he re- was—he was maybe ready, but I think he—he he and Justin Green had become such good friends that I think he was really trying to help Justin get a job. You know, and Justin wasn't making much money, and um, needless to say, they brought Coach Coach D back. Um, I had just been promoted that winter by flu uh, Mike bresky left, uh, so I was promoted to defensive coordinator in. Uh, early 2012, and then remained the defensive coordinator there uh, through the 15 season. My last season was with Bob Like I, I uh, had kind of a secret meeting in Butte, Montana, with uh, Jeff Chote and we shook hands and uh, made a deal to come over here and be the defensive coordinator. And that that was kind of an interesting time too, because like I shook his hand, and within like 72 hours, I was talking to Nick Rolovich about. And he offered me the job to be the defensive coordinator at Hawaii at the time. Oh. And, and so, but I, you know, I, I married a girl from Roundup Montana, you know, I'm from Spokane. My, my, most of my family's in Coeur d'Alene now, her family's in Billings. You know, I just, I love Montana and moving to Hawaii. I think the reality and the, or the perception and the reality of going to Hawaii is two different things, you know, and a lot, a lot of coaches go there to either, you know, retire or get fired. And, I just didn't feel like it was the best move at the time um, for my family. Now coming over here was really hard. I'm not going to lie; just twelve total years as a Grizz, and you know, I mean, my children were born in Missoula. Met my wife in Missoula. I have got a ton of friends still in Missoula. I love going to Missoula. I mean, Missoula is a second home to me. Um, it was hard. It, that first year was really hard, you know. And you hear certain, you know, like Trader act, and you, you know, you hear things like that, and you're like, "Geez," you know. I, Okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, you see, you see coaches come and go all the time anymore. And right. uh, it was, that was tough. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I enjoyed my, my last three years of coaching at the collegiate level here. I mean, we, we, I really felt like we had turned it around from, from where they were, especially defensively. They'd really struggled defensively. Um, and I thought we started playing really good defense, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I thought we had a chance to play really good defense moving forward. I mean, like, This team, that that Bobcat team that you saw this year, that was, that was four or five plus years in the making. You know, we were building for that. We were building for that run and it, it would have been, it would have been really neat to be a part of that run with those guys. I'm so happy. I'm sure we'll get into it. Some, you know, some of the draft picks. I'm so happy for some of these guys. But yeah, man. I mean, the only the only coach that I'm doing now is flag football for my six year old boy, and you know, this spring they're they're actually playing spring spring flag football over at Bobcat Stadium, and he gets to be get coached by Bobcat players. And
0: oh, that's um, so both. cool!
1: Yeah, um, R.J.'s his coach from from Dylan, another Dylan boy. He loves <laughs> R.J. And um, you know, it's it's fun for me to just sit back and watch because I've coached the last three years since I've been out of of football. I've coached his little neighborhood ymca team and it's been great i'll coach him again in the fall but yeah man the, the only the only coaching i i see in my future is is my boy and like i told and my son's a football junkie like the apple did not fall too terribly far from the tree i mean he went to school a couple of weeks ago with four different teams on you know like head to toe i'm like geez no one he, you know he, he doesn't say he's a he, he loves the steelers he's a defensive guy which is good um you know, but like he wear—I mean, he's got a Joe Burrow jersey, T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Tom Brady, uh, Khalil Mack. I mean, he—he's just a football fan, man. And I—and—and I, and as I always tell him, he's six. I'm like, dude, I will coach you forever until you say, you know what, Dad, I—I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I I'm, got it. You know, I'll coach him as long as he wants me to coach him or give him some advice. And um I just—I lo- love that he loves it. That's my whole. That's my whole, you know, goal for him is I, I don't if he doesn't want to play football, fine. But he he loves it, and that uh, that train has left the station for sure. That's awesome. And I mean, as much
0: as it's rewarding to coach the college level, obviously, it has to be so much more rewarding to have your son love the game that you've loved for so long.
1: It is, and you know he he. He's growing up in Bozeman, Montana, so he's he's naturally, you know, gravitating towards the Grizz or or, uh, towards the Bobcats. My eight year old daughter, she thinks she's a Grizz fan. I have no idea why I'm like, you know, I'm (laughs) I'll always root for Coach Houck and the Grizz. And, you know, frankly, I'm a season ticket holder over here now just so I can go watch football games and take my son. You know, I mean, kind of our, our deal is, you know, wifey wifey gets to go to go to Gold Rush and you know i think she she went to probably two games last year but the rest you know jack's got to go to so he he loves it we love it we love football um you know we're, we're and we and, and we you know we've made this home bozeman's home i mean it's and for me and my job now i work for a company called striker and i actually cover the whole state so being in bozeman is a pretty centrally located spot i can be yeah. in, you know Other than other than getting up to Kalispell or you know Sydney, I'm I'm pretty centrally located. You know, three hours and under from most most of the accounts in in the state. So, um, no, I mean we're 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 living we're living a great life. Our kids keep us busy. My wife coaches the club. She's the director of Big Sky Volleyball, which is the club club here, and so she's got a bunch of teams and they. She's been in her wheelhouse of craziness. So we are we are nothing short of a busy family. I promise you that.
0: That's awesome. So you know you've been a part of two big stretches in really just Montana football history with the Grizz's runs in the early 2000s and then the Bobcats research into here of just these last probably what seven years um what has it been like to be a part of the staffs of both of those runs for the schools
1: well it's been you know it was awesome I mean we we had an unbelievable I I call it unbelievable just when when you look at you know, the, t- the 10 years between 2000 and 2010 and then 2010 to 2020, we did have a pretty remarkable run at Montana. Um, you know, the only, the only thing we didn't accomplish is putting the, the big one on our finger. You know I mean? We went to three of them. Mm-hmm. We lost all three of them, which still, you know, is, is kind of a sour taste, especially because a couple of those teams, you know, I thought we were poised to win it all. You know, one, one of the best teams we actually, I, I, I still tell people this when they ask what the best team was, I think the best overall team we might've had was 2007 when we got knocked out of the playoffs by Wofford. We were loaded. I mean, we, we, we were stacked that year. Um, But then, you know, you look at the run, we went on in 08 and 09. I mean, we didn't, I I think we lost, but we didn't, we didn't lose a regular, we didn't lose a big sky conference game for like four years or something like that, the way I remember it. And, you know, we, we won or co-champed the big sky every year we were there, (laughs) Uh, you know, already knew. It's hard to do. I mean, it is. I mean, the, the run that North Dakota State is on is nothing short of, you know, UCLA basketball in the late 60s, 70s, Oklahoma football back in there. I mean, it's 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 a it's an insane run what they've been able to do because they, they, they they've been able to get there and then win it all. You know, and that's hard, man. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard to win a game, let alone all your games or, or most all your games. And then and then that last one, you know, I always say it takes really good playing, really good coaching health and luck, you know, the stars got a line pretty good for you, you know, depending on playoff seedings and injuries and, and all of it. So, and then, yeah, you know, coming to coming to Montana state, like I said, it was, it was difficult, probably more just personally, you know, because I, I'm not a Grizz alum, but when you spend 12 years, I man, that's my whole adult life. I mean, that's a long time to spend. And, you know, I loved, I loved coaching those kids. And I, and I can honestly say that I feel like I got to coach some of the best players that probably ever played at Montana. You know, I I officiated Colt Anderson's wedding. Uh, you know, it, it was I, I have I made a lot of great relationships. Weirdly, a lot of those relationships, and even the ones I've made here in Bozeman, helped me helped me transition into my my next career, my next part of my life with Striker. I mean, there's so many Striker guys and and you know that I worked that I coached or coached against or I coached their brother or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, coming in that first year, that, that 16 season was hard. I mean, again, I thought we, I thought we flipped the script pretty good and started playing really good defense, but we just, I mean, but you know, we, we just weren't very good. We, we just, mm-hmm. we, we, had, we, we had some uh, some talent deficiencies in spots and, you know, first year staff coming together, you know, right. everyone's blending ideas and who wants to do what and how you want to run it. And, um, you know, and, 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 and coach Cho was a first year head coach. And I think, you know, I think, if you look at the last part of his career as a head coach in the first part, they're, they're dramatically different, just probably in his style and, and, and way of going. I, I remember thinking that about, about Bobby Hauk. I mean, the, these guys, these guys are, they've got a way of going and they've got their program and the way they believe and things they've learned along the way. But I just think that, you know, stepping into that role is couldn't, that, that can't be an easy transition. I was never a head coach, so I, I don't know, but I think there's a lot of, there's a big learning curve there too. When you're, when you're a lifelong assistant and then you get, get the chance to run your own program so um again I it it, it was uh it was a lot of fun trying to flip flip the script and turn around and frankly I mean I I know that I I I know that I at least helped and and had a hand in in turning around the defense to where I mean the defense has been unbelievable I mean yeah (laughs) I mean with the COVID year and everything but I mean in Kane Kane's First and last year back, I mean, uh, they were fantastic. And then last year, statistically, I mean, they, both Montana and Montana State had two of the, you know, statistically best defenses in in a long, long time in, in the Big Sky. Yeah,
0: I for know, sure.
1: I, I know. I know Weber State. Weber State's played really good defense, but the, the, these two outfits are playing fantastic defense, you know, currently. So
0: definitely. So you know, being the defensive coordinator. Is your, I guess, how you set up your defense? Is it your defense, or does it help like coincide with what Coach Choate or Coach Houck wanted you to have, and you just kind of run with it?
1: Yeah, I was I was never I was never the D coordinator for Bobby. Okay, um, so I was the D coordinator for well, Flu Flu F- F- promoted me, Coach D, and then Coach D, and then and then and then uh, obviously Ch- Coach Choate. So, right. Um, you know i came from montana with with a real um set way of doing things for sure i mean we were a four down you know and, and people always ask and frankly i just didn't i i didn't coach under a lot of guys that ran odd defenses we had odd packages but our base was never an odd mm-hmm. but you gotta understand now too our defensive line at montana was incredible you know <laughs> i mean between you know the Zach Wagaman's and Tyrone Holmes of the world, Kalem Kidders, Tonga Takais. I mean, we we had some dudes up front. Yeah. And and frankly, we had we had a fantastic linebacking core. I mean, I I I was fortunate fortunate to coach a lot of great linebackers at Montana. Sadly, our deficiency was was more in our in the secondary in, in those last couple of years at Montana. And so, but we but we tried to make up front up front. And when I say deficiency, we had great coaches and we had some good players. It just as a core, we weren't as strong our strength was our our front. And then when I got to Montana State, Cho coming from Washington, they were exclusively an odd front base defense um, with with different packages of four down. Uh, And so so that was an adjustment. Um, we We definitely incorporated some stuff from the Grizz. We definitely incorporated, I mean, I would say it was more Washington based in, mm-hmm. as to what they were doing with their odd odd packages and, and frankly when we got here too man um, there was a lot of linebackers in, in in the room and not as many d-line and we were decimated by injury in that first year with our defensive front so it just kind of fit it fit and so that first year was I learned a lot I mean I, le- I, mean, I learned a lot I, I've learned a lot from every coach that I've got to work with honestly um, but but I did learn a lot of defense that year we, we ran a lot of packages that were not foreign to me just not you know, bread and butter stuff that I was doing at Montana, I'll be honest, you know, so yeah. um, it was, it was an adjustment, but you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta believe, you know, I always told people, I, I, I took defensive concepts and philosophies from every guy that I worked with, whether it was Jeff Hammerschmidt or Mike Bresky or Craig Paulson, Jeff Chote, Bobby Houck. I mean, all these, all these guys have been coaching and doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every, every there's a lot of good football coaches in the world. Good football coaches are really, really good when you got really good players, you know? And so, right. um, obviously you want to be sound schematically, but it sure helps to have some ponies in the stables. So, um, and, and as you can see the, the last couple of years at Montana state, they had some ponies for sure. I mean, a couple of, yeah. them, just got draft, a couple of them just got drafted this weekend. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome to see for sure. So, um, You know, one thing I want to ask you, too, is um, what is the – what am I trying to say here? Okay, so, you know, Jeff Choate and um, Hauk and Flugrad are all pretty big-name coaches in the state of Montana. What are their personalities like? Because I would – just from the sidelines, I feel like they're completely different, (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, I, so I I Coulter Nuannis is a good friend, and and, and he 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 kind of sees eye to eye with me on this. Jeff Choate and Bobby Hauk are very different guys, but they're very similar too. If you want the truth, um, Robin Flugrad is Robin's a great dude, but personality wise, dramatically different from what Bobby was. Brent Vegan is a great guy; he's a great coach. He's dramatically different personality wise than Jeff Choate was. You know, mm-hmm. so. you know, and I got to believe too, a big reason why Brent vegan was hired. I mean, look at his, he's an offensive guy. He's coached Mm. some fantastic offensive players, the players that he recruited at North Dakota state and Wyoming. I mean, one of them is my dang favorite player in the NFL right now. And in that big quarterback from, from the bills, I got to believe that Leon Costello was thinking that in the back of his head, like, okay, we've, we've, we've turned, we've turned the corner defensively. Now we got to get the offense rolling again. Let's bring in an offensive guy. But yeah, personality wise, they're all, they're all, they, they all got their own way of going, but they're all, you know, they're all good dudes. I mean, I, but I've known Bobby since I was 16 years old. I mean, Bobby started recruiting me seriously. I mean, I, I mean, I remember when Bobby's kids were born, you know, I remember when his twin girls were born. I mean, they're in their twenties now and finished, finished up nursing school or whatever they're doing now. You know, I remember, I remember when, um, I remember when Robbie was born. I remember sitting, uh, in Denver, Colorado, Recruiting a couple of kids, having dinner with Bobby, saying, "You know, I think Stacey and I are thinking about having one more." And I'm looking at him I'm like, "Are you crazy? I mean, you've your kids are you know old enough now. Like you've you've done it, you've made it. You got three healthy, awesome kids. Like why would you start over at 40 or whatever he was?" And sure enough, then came Elise. You know, so um, no, they're 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 all they're all good good dudes. They're all great coaches. You know, they they have a like like I said, they've got a program, a system, a way of bel- believing things should be done. And I'm assuming you know. I, I haven't worked with Bobby since two thousand and ten to two thousand and nine. Mm. so i'm I'm assuming there's been an evolution in that, too, you know? right. So I'm, I just all of all of them were i was I was very lucky to spend the bulk of my coaching career in one of the best the best state in America coaching amazing kids with amazing families and amazing fan bases. That's awesome. So you mentioned the fan bases what is it like to
0: coach at both stadiums
1: both the fan bases are different I mean they're they're they are are different from each other I mean it's it's um you you know Montana the Washington Grizz Stadium Stadium and I've been I've been to the biggest and best in FCS I've been to some and you know I I, I've been to some at the next level that don't hold a candle to Washington Grizz Mm I I'm not I'm not saying that the Bobcat stadium, especially with what they've done in the end zone. I mean, it's fantastic. And then, you know, obviously the overhangs years back now. And, but I mean, I, I think game day wise, uh, Missoula tough to be, I mean, it's really mm-hmm. tough. I, mean, in fact, I would game day and what, or one of the game day needs to come, you know, they, they keep doing Fargo and I get it. And when you're at the top, you should, you should, you know, I get it, but you know, they, they did do, they did do that, you know, that week zero game against North Dakota state, the, the smoke game. And I remember talking to Musburger and me, uh, Taylor and, 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 uh, I FaceTimed my wife with Jesse Palmer. So now I, you know, she, uh, she loves some, hear her, some Jesse Palmer. Um, but I, I think that if, if ESPN asked that group that came and did that game, or even the ESPN twos or threes or Ocho's or whoever comes through the playoffs these days, every ESPN person back like, that place is, is pretty amazing. You know? Yeah. And, then, and then obviously and then and then both it's just different it's a different feel and i, and I think whether you're a bobcat or a bris you, you could probably say that i mean it's just a it's a different mm-hmm. feel it's a different atmosphere both are great i mean people <laughs> I mean, i'm mean, i talking about how how amazing i think it is in missoula i mean montana state is still in the top five to ten depending on the year and attendance and we got yeah you, we're getting almost you know 20 over here and and uh it's been interesting for me to be a fan. I'll be honest. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, it, it's, I still kind of just kind of keep a low profile and, you know, it's neat. It's, it's neat to, you know, when you're walking through the crowd and say, have people say, Hey coach, or we miss you coach or, you know, stuff like that's kind of cool, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite to tailgating status and all that. And, and half the time I'm with a six-year-old, you know, so, uh, it's good to, it's good to see buddies and, and people that I know and have, have become friends with, but Honestly, I just like to sit and go watch the games, and it'll be really cool to to uh, have have Montana come here this year, you know, and, and be a fan. i mean, again, I'm still kind of adjusting to this fan thing, but um, it's been good. It's been a it's been a good transition.
0: That's
1: I get to, awesome. I, I, yeah. get to, I get to see my I get to see my wife and my kids a whole heck of a lot more than I ever did in coaching. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that 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 itself is you know big reason why I'm not coaching football anymore. That would be a big plus for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, I think last year they tried to get um, game day for the cat Grizz game and that would be electric. If they were able to get that one of these years.
1: It would it, it would, you know, hopefully, hopefully you'd like to see a, a miracle in Missoula type game. Not, not the shellacking that happened uh, yeah. last November <laughs> that, you know, that was, that was, that was an amazing game on so many levels because they got their butts kicked and then, you know, then, you know, then Coach Vegan made probably the toughest, best coaching decision he's ever had to make. Yeah. The next thing you know, next thing you know, you're going on a on a run over the next month with a freshman from Butte. And, I mean, you go to Sam Houston and put the heels on their necks. I mean, that was that was a butt kick. And I think and, and honestly and not taking anything away from the Bobcats. But I think Sam Houston probably just ran out of gas, too. They did not look like so a team. Well, they played they played. I mean, shoot, they played what? you know, 30 games in the, in, you know, in, in less than a year or yeah. whatever it was. I mean, that was, you know, with them going through the spring season and everything, but no, not taking anything away from the cats, but to, to get their butts whipped in Missoula the way they did and then turn around and shoot, next thing, you know, they're playing, uh, in January against, against the beast. You know, that, that was a, yeah. that was a heck of a, that's what I'm saying though. Like you, the stars got to align nicely and, and you got to coach good. You got to play good, hopefully be less injured than your opponent. And, make a run, which they did. It was awesome. I and mean, I'll be honest too, man. I don't, you know, even if, even if Tommy's healthy, I think the outcome's probably the same or similar, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're just, you know, they're just, I mean, Hey, listen, anyway, you cut it Frisco, Frisco in January is like Fargo South, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're buying oh, yeah. their tickets early and they expect to be there, but I think Montana state knows what, it, what it takes to get there. And they're going to do everything in their power to you know, get better. And, 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 and frankly, you know, people, people that say North Dakota state's got to move up, you know, they're, they, they're, they, sh- they don't belong in the FCS. That's nonsense. They're exactly where they should be. It's everyone else's job to catch up and yeah. do things better and build facilities and recruit and cost of attendance and, you know, training table and a weight staff that is world-class it's, it's not their job to when Where would they move up the Mac? be the stupidest decision ever they're not a big 10 team they're not in a big 10 no. town. they don't have a big they don't have a big 10 you know stadium right they're right where there should be it's the rest of fcs's job to, to catch up to them for sure
0: and i mean they're getting kids to want to recruit and go to fargo north to go to they should get a gold
1: star just for that alone <laughs> it, it's it's crazy when you like when you when you're watching these drafts and you're seeing these kids i mean they the last few years they've had first and second round draft picks i know consecutive you know like I mean, Troy, Troy. Troy, Troy I, if, if anyone wants to argue it, fine. Troy's the best athlete, best, best all-around football player, I think, that, that's ever come out of the state of Montana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Troy just got drafted in the second round. I believe I believe he's the highest drafted Big Sky player in the modern era. And I say modern era because the draft has changed yeah. and, and teams have changed. And I mean, he went 10 spots above Cooper Cup a few years back. That's yeah. impressive. But when you're putting out guys – in the first pick the second pick you know first rounders second rounders free agents mid, mid middle of the ra- middle of the draft consistently you know you've got a machine yeah i mean it, it's stupid what they've been, what they've been able to accomplish and then and then i mean three three different head coaches have won multiple national championships
0: i know That's it's insane. just crazy
1: <laughs> it is it is and so it's awesome they it's it's special i, I don't know how many times i've coached against them now at both Montana and Montana state. Um, but it, it, it's like I said, it's, they, they don't need to go anywhere. Everyone else just needs to catch up and good luck doing it.
0: Yeah. So you brought up the elephant in the room for Bozeman, Troy Anderson, and then Daniel Hardy getting drafted this weekend. How were they to coach?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> Sadly, I didn't get to coach Troy a ton. I got to coach Troy in spurts, right? I, I you know, he be, between between his having to play quarterback, having to play running back, I, I, I didn't. I got to coach Troy, but not a ton. Um, I do know that Troy is just one of the most. He, he's he's remarkable. He is big. He is fast. He's strong. He's got it in the chest, and he's got it between the ears. I mean, the kid, the kid is unbelievable, and. I say all that and he's still pretty raw because of everything that he was asked to do at Montana state. He never truly got to like, like, and, and this, this to me is, is the perfect example. If you watch the, the first half of last season at linebacker with Troy and you watch the last half, you could just tell it's like, okay, it, it, it started to really click. Yeah. And if he, if he got, to, if he got to play, and again, you know, chode, chode had to make those decisions as to what was best for the team at the time, but I just don't think that Troy, I think, and you listen to some of Troy's comments, I think he's excited to get to worry about one thing, you know, and to really master one position because he didn't get to do that at Montana State, I don't think, you know, and so he's a special kid. I texted with him the day of the draft, the, the after he got drafted, he said, I, I told his mother, how, you know, just how... Incredible, I think it is, and and um, you know, Daniel Daniel's Daniel Daniel was so Daniel's raw too, all right. I mean, Dan, basically basically pro uh, NFL franchises are evaluating one maybe two seasons of film. I mean, he was playing he was playing, you know, stand up Sam outside linebacker, he was he put his hand down. And you got to understand too. Daniel really transformed his body. We knew we knew he had a motor. We knew he could run. Um, he had just lost his father when we were recruiting him. Oh. Um, you know, so so Daniel had a lot of growth and, and, and maturation to go through, which he did, mm-hmm. and he got himself drafted. You know, and and it's incredible. I mean, I think he I think he did all the right things at his pro day, and and you know those all those. I mean, Lewis Kid yeah when this kid you know i recruited lewis out of out of totino grace high school no- northern northern minneapolis area and to see him get a chance with the saints is incredible and um you know lance mccutcheon a local a yeah. local kid i mean you talk about <laughs> i mean i we always knew I mean, he was kind of like a baby giraffe long and white, you know kind of <laughs> awkward and then just kind of grew into his body and next thing you know he had a he had an all-conference season as a senior which was incredible yeah. and i think it's I think it's a testament to those guys too. I cannot imagine being a coach or player during the last couple of years with all the craziness and oh, unknowns. No. Are we playing? Are we not? Are we practicing? How are we practicing? The mask nonsense. When they're practicing, you know, and, <laughs> like I mean, it's like watching LeBron James's kid, you know, P- Bronny, play with his mask like down here. You know, I'm like, what are we? Yeah. Doing? I mean, what, yeah. what's 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 the point of this? So, I applaud those guys, and frankly, I applaud any kid that sticks it out for their for you know anymore with the transport portal and the ease at which these kids can come and go and please don't talk to me about the way coaches come and go coach that that's that's a job it's a job and it's a very volatile job oh yeah guys and um so for kid for for young men that stick it out and and go i mean look at the kid from alabama you know you, you people i mean obviously nick saban's one of the best coaches to ever coach the game but I mean that that running back had to wait years before he got an opportunity to play, and sure enough, he shot, he's gonna a, He's going to be he's going to be a dude, you know. If you stick it yeah. out, I think you're ch- – I mean, wh- 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 I saw a statistic the other day: fifty four percent of the kids that answer, entered the transfer portal didn't find a home. So over half the kids that are entering the portal are not. La- I mean, how stupid? Yeah, how stupid? I mean, you you are truly rolling the dice unless mm-hmm. unless you've got in your mind you've 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 got some you know that, that's where you start to wonder i mean you, you hear some of the comments that some of these coaches are making you know is is there tampering ish type things going on in college football you know so but i i do you know all, all those boys that we just mentioned troy lewis yeah. lance lewis all those guys came in as freshmen and stuck it out through their senior year for sure the thing that Another, i love about this year's draft players
0: the thing that i loved about this year's draft is how many fcs kids not just from
1: msu but across the board got drafted 20, 24 24 fcs players got drafted and i don't know how many undrafted free agents yeah you know that's the yeah. thing that's the thing too i mean so i'll use brock coyle as an example brock brock actually not getting drafted was a pretty good thing for him because he had a great agent who said okay xyz team has a need for linebacker specialty you know that type of body type mm-hmm. He, he ends up with the Seahawks. He plays, you know, he got, I don't remember what he got four four years, five years in the league, got that second contract with the Niners Yeah. and Brock's Brock smart with his money. I mean, but, the, but that, that's a situation there where it worked out not getting drafted mm-hmm. you know, in, in the same year, Jordan trip did get drafted. And obviously, you know, Jordan had a nice career with the Hawks as well, but you, you know, it, so sometime, especially when you're an FCA, FCS guy, I mean, sometimes being an undrafted free agent is not a bad thing at all. no, no, then you can also control where you go, too. It, it, that's exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: For sure. Well, hey, I want to thank you so much, Ty, for coming on and spending time talking about Bobcat and Grizz football a little bit and just talking football in general.
1: No, man, I, I, I uh, as you can tell, I love, I love talking about it. I don't get to <laughs> other than other than six year old and six year old, seven year old kids, man, pulling flags and but, you know like as, as I tell the guys that I work with or, you know, the volunteer dad, like our whole job right now is to get these boys to love football because all it takes is one bad youth coach where kids are like, screw this. I, I hate this. I'll go play right. a video game or a different sport, you know? And so life is good. Um, I love talking football. I, I love talking sports. So it's, it's good to, it's good to good talk about these two great programs in the state and all the great players that they've got. They've got great coaches. And I think both, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season for the Bobcats, just because they lost so much firepower. They got to figure out the quarterback yeah. situation. Um, I think that if Montana can dial in their quarterback situation, I think they're poised to m- maybe make a run. Deep defensively, they return a lot of, a lot of really good players, and and uh, they've got a, a wealth of experience on their coaching staff. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: and they just added Roger Cooper, who you, you said you're a Bobcat fan, but you know, I'm sure that was a little interesting to. To see pictures of, of yeah. Roger in, in Maroon, but Roger will do a great job there. He's a great, great guy and a great coach. And you know, Bobby's got a good staff, and I know, and I know, Coach Vegan does too. So I'm excited about this coming fall, and it's going to be, it'll be a lot of fun to watch the Big Sky, and, and obviously these two teams in particular. For sure. Well, thank you so much for your time, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, partner. Appreciate you. No Take problem. Care. Talk to you later.